Welcome to the Hutchmoot Podcast, a library of sessions recorded at the Rabbit Room's annual conference, which celebrates art, music, story, and faith in all their many intersections. Today on the Hutchmoot Podcast, we're excited to share with you a session led by Buddy Green and Odessa Settles called Ain't Gonna Lay My Religion Down from 2020's Hutchmoot Homebound. In this session, Buddy and Odessa use story and music to discuss the difficulty of living in an unjust world and how our faith can act as an anchor. Enjoy. How many roads must a man walk down Before you call him a man And how many seas must a white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind How many times must a man look before he can see the sky? Yes, and how many years must one man have before he can hear people cry? And how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Oh, and how many years can a mountain exist Before it's washed to the sea Sing that next one Yes, and how many years can some people exist Before they're allowed to be free Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head Pretending he just doesn't see Oh, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind the answer is blowing in the wind. Thank you. Wow, this place erupts in applause. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, Buddy Green. This is Odessa Settles, and uh, we're glad to be a part of Hutchmoot this year and to be doing it here in this place. Uh, what is the proper name? Pete? Northwind 
North Wind Manor. So here we are uh, inaugurating um, many, many more events to come, hopefully. Yeah, Uh, it's a beautiful place. It is, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Last fall, we got to participate in Hutchmoot and um, did a discussion along the lines of um, uh, race and and its meaning in our society and our lives and our faith and... um, and um, we talked about our relationship as friends and as children of this American experiment, mm-hmm. having grown up in really two different worlds, kind of, mm-hmm. but, um, but yet coming together as friends and coming together in the gospel, coming together in our music. Mm-hmm. And it was a great discussion. Yeah. I'm glad to be a part of it. And we have, we've, done one since then. We actually went over to uh, Young Harris College Mm -hmm. in February, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Odessa had a friend who wanted her to be a part of um, the Black History Month at at Mm -hmm. Young Harris, and she suggested that she bring her friend Buddy so we could (laughs) reprise what we had done at Hutchmoot a little bit. And that was a good experience, really. You definitely have to have both sides of the story, you know, so it can't just be me talking about my experiences. Right, yeah. Right, so, so I'm, I appreciate you commenting, you know, and I appreciate doing this as well. So. Well, me too, and uh, so much has happened even since February, um, you know, and, and mainly just through the... Um, through the, I mean, the obvious thing as far as pertaining to our subject is is the the the, uh, the death of George Floyd, mm-hmm. the um, and Breonna Taylor, and and then th- those were sort of the tipping points. Um, uh, there were so many other um, injustices that were just piling up yeah. that had to do with systemic racism in America and around the world, and I think the whole world was taken aback by what happened in the weeks uh, following, um, especially George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, so here we are now, several months after that. The demonstrations still continue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The discussion is continuing. The division is continuing. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> uh, so um, I just thought we'd, you know, in light of all that's happened, we could kind of continue our conversation and asking each other where we think we are today. Mm-hmm. But mainly, um, I, I'm not sure I know how to speak to this as a, in a political sense or even maybe even a societal sense. But I certainly know how to speak to it, in, um, I think, as a Christian, mm-hmm. is what I feel happening inside of me as all this is going on, as a believer in Christ and the gospel. Um, so, um, so I was going to suggest we have our discussion along the lines of our faith and what it means okay. in the midst of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, she goes along with it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to Buddy these days. So. <laughs> oh well, um, it's it's never rehearsed. So we just try to not, figure out where we're going at any no, moment. But I do have a little thumbnail sketch of an idea. Okay, great. So, um, so <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> 
And if it's not any good, we'll just make another one up on the way. But I, I actually think, um, let's, let's do your song. When Pete asked us what we wanted to call this discussion, you came up with the, with the title based on an old spiritual, mm-hmm. an old, old gospel song. Yeah, it's an old spiritual that, you know, we don't know where it came from, but it's been passed down from generation to generation. I've been buked and I've been scorned. You know, and so many people do a lot of different versions of that particular song. So I just happened to be sitting in my kitchen the other day, you know, just thinking about all that's going on and and also my personal life and what I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So, and so uh, the message came up on the phone. Okay, Pete said, what are you all going to call this? You know, and I said... And so I actually wrote out, uh, I've been buked and I've been scorned. I ain't going to lay my religion down. And he said, wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and so we came up actually with the last line, which is, the con- uh, you know, my conviction. Um, I ain't going to lay my religion down. But in the spiritual sense, the way that in that um, uh, language, you know, that they used, uh, ain't gonna lay, ain't gonna lay my religion down, is what they generally say. So that's what I would probably sing when I sing it. Okay. You want to try it? Sing it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna Okay. be your band over here. Now, I'm not a great player, so. <laughs> I've been buked. And I've been scorned. I've been built and I've been scorned. I've been built. And I've been mm-hmm. And I've been a talked about Sure to you, boy There is trouble all over for this world There is trouble all over this world There is trouble all over this world There is trouble All over this world But hey Gonna lay my legend down. Oh, gonna lay 
Odessa, I listened to last year's discussion and I thought, well, that's pretty good, except I talked too much oh, and I didn't no. hear enough from you. And every time you said something, I wanted to hear more. Mm. So I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Get, okay. Get your... Um, I don't know if I can answer them, but, you know, I can try. Well, when I saw what was happening uh, in the demonstrations and the stuff that was going on, I, I just realized... Uh, you know, I think I think lots of people in our country, white people, wondered, how do I respond? How do I speak into this? How do I, what do I need to know? What do I need to understand better? How can I educate myself? Uh, and so, I, I mean, I started doing that to, to some mm-hmm. extent. I started mm-hmm. watching documentaries. I started reading books and articles and um reading the scriptures in a different light, maybe, a little better light. Um, So I just want to ask you, um, first of all, on the basis of that song you just sang, ain't going to lay my religion down. What does that mean to you? When you take an old spiritual like that and you apply it to today and what's going on, how is that... uh, spirituals almost work like psalms do. You know, mm-hmm. you can read a psalm that was written thousands of years ago and find right. a fresh application in your own heart and what's going on. So how does that song do that for you? Well, given what's going on today and the connection of spirituals from during slavery, you know, and I grew up during a harsh time too as well, during the civil rights movement. So that song came from slavery on through the civil rights movement and through today. So I think about my life and, you know, and I, I jotted down just a handful of things that was going on during the time that I was born. You know, like the, the numerous marches and sit-ins, the lynchings, the police brutality, KKK, Jim Crow, uh, fighting for the right to vote, the bus boycott, criminal justice, you know, this discrimination in that particular area, and racial, the racial divide. And so, and then I looked at that, and that's like way back, right? So I looked at that list, and, and the list goes on and on, of course. And I said, okay, so what's, what's happening now? The only thing that is different on that list right now is the bus. I can ride the bus, Everything else is still happening. Hmm. So that's spiritual. The spiritual is like 
even though you go through all of these particular things, like my father, I, you know, I used to go to my dad's house pretty much every Sunday morning for breakfast, you know, he and my stepmother. And sometimes I would bring a friend with me, and every once in a while it would be a friend that's complaining about their life, you know, just, just really complaining, you know. And my dad would just be sitting there and just listening because he was a great listener when he would listen. And then he was a talker, too, like Buddy. (laughs) But I love that, you know. But what he would say to that friend is like, once they were done, he would say, okay, so what you going to do about it? (laughs) That's all he would say. So what you going to do about it? You know, and so, and it, and, and it just wasn't a lesson for my friend. It was also a lesson for me. So I grew up in a household where we were always in church. So it was a spiritual-based, you know, uh, household. So even though we go through all of those particular problems and, and, and impacted by systemic racism, What am I going to do about it? How am I going to live in spite of that? So I hold on to my faith. And don't lay my religion down. Right? Because that's where I gain my strength. That's where my faith lies. It is a thing that gets me through, you know, in spite of everything that's going on. It's the thing that I know it's going to be constant. So. You know, as somebody who participated in the civil rights movement and, um, and were there sort of firsthand, um, that was a very much a faith movement that was going on. Yes, it was. Driving uh, leaders like Martin Luther King, Jr. and John Lewis and, mm-hmm. and many others uh, to lead that movement. And I think uh, when, I, when I look at old footage of those, um, of those marches and those demonstrations, um, you, you see an occasional white person in the ranks, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. often it's a white clergyman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but there was, there was this solidarity that was happening there. But it was based on a a man like Martin Luther King who kept referring to things like the beloved community. Mm -hmm. That's right. He was calling America to a a better place Mm -hmm. uh, of realizing their ideals, uh, of of making it a better experiment here Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. And um, so did you feel that? I mean, is that when you were participating then, was was, was it a... Was it as much a religious or faith um, impetus as it was just being mad at the way things are? Do you, do you understand <laughs> the distinction yeah, I'm trying to draw? That's right. I mean, I mean, religion called you to take responsibility for the type of person that you're going to be. Yeah. You know, uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. King, I call him, he, uh, he taught nonviolence, you know, um, and the way that you deal with things, the way that you deal with a particular problem is that you bring the problem to the surface. Let the person, hopefully it would sink in to make you realize that, oh, 
what am I doing here? You know, uh, why would I sick dogs on children? Why would I hang people? Why would I lynch people? Why would I kill black men for no reason or children or women for no reason whatsoever? So it's just pointing out what is actually happening Mm -hmm. to hopefully to make people see, you know. um, But from a, a... religion standpoint, I mean, that's always been a given, in a sense, in uh, the African-American culture from slavery. You know, and I always say this statement about during slavery, slavery, when uh, they were in the backwoods having church services uh, away from the master's ears, religion and freedom became one and the same. So in that sense, it's all kind of intertwined. Right. But it, what it does is it calls for the person to be responsible for what they do right. and how they do it, you know, and what kind of life you lead in spite of all of this that's going on. Right. I had a discussion the other night at a friend's house, and uh, we started talking about things. Think that, that we, 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 we made two mistakes. We started talking about politics and religion. Uh, and um, before long, it's kind of got heated. But, but what I came away from that realizing that, um, I mean, yet again, that religion in America is, is often a status quo experience um, where I don't think the gospel is ever that. I think the gospel is always calling us to this place of uh, where you're, you're actually a subversive in the larger culture. I definitely think that's what was going on with people like Martin Luther King. When he wrote a letter to the Birm- you know, from Birmingham jail, mm-hmm. he challenged the clergymen, the Christians right. of the South right. and the North. Right. Anywhere that there was a status quo that was saying, I'll just sit this one out. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to get involved in that. Yeah. He, he wouldn't let them be. Much, in much the same way that James, in his letter to early Christians, said... Mm-hmm. If you've got a faith, it's not being worked out. Mm-hmm. If you can ignore the poor, if you can, um, if, if you can, in other words, just maintain a status quo, then I, I want to uh, question your faith, yeah. if that's really faith. Yeah. I, th- I think what we tend to do, uh, or what many Christians tend to do, is they, you know, when you're talking about the Jesus story, they bring Jesus down to their level. Does that make sense? As opposed to rising to do the, the, to live the life that we are expected to live as Christians. You know, we bring Jesus down to mm-hmm. our level. And that's, that's where we make a huge mistake. Yeah. So, yeah, I was... Uh, right. Every once in a while, you'll run across a passage, that even in the Old Testament, where you hear, hear God speaking, maybe through the prophets, and he said... You thought I was like you, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I always, those always take, kind of take me back and make me think, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm making God in my image. Yeah. Um, one day you, were, you and I were talking and um, the word everybody came up. And you just said, it's got to be about everybody. You know, this Whatever we're doing, it's, it's got to include everybody. Right. 
Speak, mm-hmm. speak a little bit about that, what that means to I mean, well, it, it, unpack you that. Know, what goes on in society, it doesn't just impact just a certain group of people. You know, even though uh, it, it seems that the, the, a particular group may carry the burnt brunt of that particular, what you call it, atrocity, you know, which in African-Americans, I mean, we've been beaten down for, for many generations, you know, generation after generation. Um, but when one group suffer, everybody suffers, you know, everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not even realize it until something like, uh, I don't want to say an epiphany, but if something hits you in the laurels (laughs) to, to wake you up, you know, to make you see something, you know, then that great but uh, sometimes it doesn't happen, you know, and people will go on throughout their entire life being blinded by what's happening. Yeah. But everybody, and, and, and that's how they are impacted. So everybody actually is involved, yeah. you know, in, in, in what goes on in the world and in our communities, in our homes. Yeah. All right, I want to put us both on the spot here. Okay. All right, so... Uh, what do you what do you say to a white, one of your white friends like me, who wants to experience some sort of solidarity, not only with, um, not only with my my black friends, but my Hispanic friends, my age, you know, you know, there was people that are outside of white America. How and uh, and, but I've made I've made the. Um, I've made the error from time to time of assuming way too much mm-hmm. about how I might understand how you feel mm-hmm. or appropriating um, uh, a black gospel song or whatever for purposes that I think I understand, but it means something different than it does to me than it does mm-hmm. to you. What would you say, how, how would you advise um, somebody like me to to have a better experience of coming alongside people different than myself? Well, you know, I really can't answer that question for you in a sense. But what I would say from a general standpoint, what I have done in my life is just step outside of my comfort zone. So in other words, approach people who are not like me, you know. Yeah. That's why I go to different churches, you know. You, you always laugh about all the, the different places I go to. Go to. I know. I asked, but, I asked Odessa one time. I said, where do you go to church? Odessa, she said, I go all over the place. Everywhere. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's how I believe that, that God works. You know, and I might be a little bit, I don't know if I'm bringing God down to my level, but, you know, but, but that's how I believe he works, you know, and that... It's, it might be uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Yeah. You know, because if not, then you are going to make those assumptions. You are going to assume this or that, or you're going to be blinded to what's really going on. Right. Or you, you know, you're not going to really know, you know, um, 
I love that you can self-evaluate, you know, and because we all have faults, you know, every, all of us, you know, every last one of us. If you think that you don't, then, you know, you may need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> but, but being able to see those faults within yourself and those limitations that you have and to step outside of that comfort zone and say, okay, I need to do something about this. You know, even if I stumble, even if, it, if I say the wrong thing, that's okay. It's the effort, mm-hmm. you know, to do so and the desire to do so is what is needed. Yeah. So, so you're going down the right track, buddy. <laughs> we all, I got friends like you. We I've... all put our foot in our mouth sometimes, <laughs> you know. That's, that's just how it is. And even with the different... All the different, the different cultures that I have to, to uh, uh, I come in contact with in my work, you know, as a nurse, because I see a lot of different people from a lot of different uh, backgrounds, um, you know, and I have to study and figure out what, what's specific about their culture that I need to, to know, you know, as I'm approaching them, you know, as a provider. So I think that's important. Um, I was, gosh, I was looking for something that I can't find. Can you tell I'm a little disorganized? Oh, here it is. Ah. Yeah, this was a, a quote. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Eugene Peterson um, and it, for his, the books he's authored. Uh, I love to uh, use the message as a companion in my Bible reading and and I, I got to know Eugene a little bit before we passed away. Uh, we did some retreats together. And, mm-hmm. and I heard him having a, an, in an interview one time. And I loved what he said uh, uh, so much that I just kept running the tape back and writing it down. And this is what he said, though. He um, was speaking to idolatry and the way it happens in modern, in modern day times. That it's not an ancient concept. It's a concept that just continues to Mm. work its way out. So he said, the genius of the idol is that it puts you in control. So we have this enormous emphasis in our culture of being in control, being able to choose, making our own decisions. But the fact is that most of life is given to us. We don't create it. We don't control it. The weather, much of what happens in our bodies the time that's been given to us, language. So if we don't learn this fear of the Lord receptivity, which is our receptivity accompanied by a sense of mystery and not wanting, not caring about being in control, we miss out on so much. We miss out on the gifts that are all around us. Then he said this, but it's awfully easy for religion to provide techniques for control. Much of religion is simply that, a way to get control over the unknown or other people. And then I, then I love this. So we, people of faith, Jesus followers, so we're constantly trying to subvert that as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Hmm. Now, I, I love that because uh, I think he, you know, when I looked at that and just kind of uh, did that self-examination. I thought, how much of my religion has really been about me trying to control mm-hmm. my world, mm-hmm. control other people, through trying to be um, 
make sure I was a good you know, Presbyterian or Baptist or whatever and tried to make the world around me as much Presbyterian or Baptist or whatever as I could or interpreting things through that. Anyway, it was, uh, it was great to hear that, yeah, that is a lot of what my religion has been about, unfortunately. But what Jesus is calling us to is this uh, getting out of that box and getting to this place where we actually can be the salt and light in a society that he says we are. Um, and so I think that's what you speak to when mm-hmm. you say, you know, I, I got to go to different churches. Right. I got to I got to get out of the box uh-huh. to see what, what God is really doing. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes make other people uncomfortable when I come, but that's all right, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably part of the purpose, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Odessa's. Uh, got some wonderful siblings. I know a few of them. She got so many, I can't know them all. Mm-hmm. But I know Calvin and I know Wayne mm-hmm. and um, and Wayne's wife Shirley and Calvin's wife Sarah. We've done some things together mm-hmm. over the years, mm-hmm. um, and I've loved loved getting to know you and hearing um, and just making music with you. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been great for me. Um, I wish Wayne was here right now to sing this song that I, I, I wanted to. Um, what loves and needs. Loves and needs. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but let me let me see if I can give it a shot. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, and it was a it was a Christian uh, interviewer, and he said, "So, what's your favorite?" What's your favorite gospel record? And I always hate, you know, uh-huh. like, what's your favorite song? What's that's, you, you know, it's, that's hard. It is. <laughs> that's so really hard. I said, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. And he was like, what? <laughs> but that, that album was amazing to me when it came out. I yeah. just could not yeah. believe the, the music on it, for one thing. And now, and I think about 20 years ago, I went back and listened to it again for the first time since the 70s when it came out. And then I was, you know, here I was a believer and listening to those songs and realizing how much faith, how much good religion was, was informing those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is the way he started the album. Good morning, evening, friends. Here's your friendly announcer. I have serious news to pass on to everybody. What I'm about to say could mean the world's disaster, could change your joy and laughter to tears and pain. It's that love's in me of love today. Don't delay, send yours in right away. Well, hate's going round, breaking many hearts. Stop it, please, before it's gone too far. Ooh, 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 
the force of evil plans to make you its possession. And it will, if we let it, destroy everybody. We all must take precautionary measures. If love and peace you treasure, then you'll hear me when I say that love's in need of love today. Well, don't delay, send yours in right away. Before it's gone too far Well, how, uh, anything, we're, we're kind of working on a constricted time on this uh, virtual hutch moot, so we kind of got to wrap it up a little sooner. Um, you know, when I, when, I read, um, when I read letters like Paul's letter to the Ephesians or his letter to Philemon, uh, any number of places, when I read a passage like Revelation 21 and 22, or any of the places that speak about uh, that beloved community that Martin mm -hmm. Luther King was talking mm -hmm. about, which really that God was, was rebuilding, was, was initiating in this amazing revolutionary way through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then... Um, I get kind of excited. I get like some marching <laughs> orders, some purpose in my life, some things that make me want to step out of the status quo yeah. and, and be a better follower, yeah. a better disciple, mm -hmm. um, a better neighbor, uh, a better father, a better friend. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, are, there any, uh, are there any passages, or if not uh, scripture comes to mind, is there, what, what do you go to that, that recharges your batteries, that gives you a fresh understanding of who you are as, as, as God's child? I'm very simple. God is love. That is just the most deepest statement. Mm-hmm. You know, that I learned it as a child. And it is the thing that has carried me, you know, throughout my entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody asked me and I said, you know, it's as simple as God is love. And it's something that everybody can understand, even the, the, the baby, the, you know, the, the babies understand what love is. You, you, you get that, you know, 
And it's like, it's the hardest thing for people to do. It's because, you know, why, why would you hate? I mean, I don't, I don't hate people, you know, regardless. We do, I always say, we do what we know to do until we learn to do something different. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's just it. That's the bottom line. Right. So if you come from an environment that taught you to hate, unfortunately, that's what you're going to do. But if you come from an environment that taught you that God is love and that you should love everybody and that you should treat people the way that you would like to be treated, you know, do you really want to be treated with hatred? Do you really want to be treated with a rock upside your head? Do you really want to be called names? That's the thing you have to ask yourself. What kind of person do I really want to be? Do I want to be that person? Mm -hmm. I think if more people did that and understand, you know, God is love. That's a constant, like I said. It is constant. It never, never, never goes away. It cannot be refuted. It cannot be, you know, you can't do anything to it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? There's nothing that you can do to change that. Right. And, you know, the first time you and I met, I still remember it because you got excited. You just went, Buddy Green, I've been wanting to meet you. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I was like, whoa, who, who is this? You know, and you just were, you just started just loving me right on the spot without knowing anything about me. I was taken aback. Uh, but I also immediately wanted to get to know you and... And, um, and it paved a way for us to have an almost just an instant friendship, and I would say even kinship that, mm-hmm. that is maintained to this day. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've messed up along the way. I've said things that I wish I hadn't. Um, we and all even, have. Yeah. He's in good company. <laughs> <laughs> but I think of uh, the verse that says, you know, love covers a multitude of sins, and it does. Yeah. I mean, I can love all kinds of people. Um, myself included, mm-hmm. because I, I, I think I understand, well, I, I think I can, I can love people when I understand how much God loves me. God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. That, that's, there's the, there's, that is the basis of his relationship with us, is that, yeah. he, that he loves us so well yeah. that we really can love in sort of radical ways that we didn't think we were capable of. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, let's end with a, let's end with a little gospel song, shall we? A little Revelation 21, 22, all right? <laughs> Get one of those egg shakers. the new Jerusalem city along and deep as it was wide coming down out of heaven beautiful and holy prepared to be God's bride well there's no more crying in the city and no more death or pain well everything's made new is the gospel truth and all the old things have passed away can't you help me now 
what a beautiful city. Oh, and what a beautiful city. God knows it's a beautiful city. Twelve gates to the city. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, everybody in the audience, all six of you. <laughs> we, y'all just sing right, do that little background part with Odessa. We just go, oh, oh, oh. And 12 gates, 12 gates to the city. A hallelujah, amen. Well, I did see a temple in the city. I saw God and the Lamb instead. I saw the glory of God giving light and the Lamb was a lamp like the revelator said. Well, every tribe, nation, and tongue, they were walking together as one. And all the kings of the earth were bringing their worth into the city that needs no sun. Can you help me now? Oh, what a beautiful city. Oh, what a beautiful city. God knows it's a beautiful city. Twelve gates to the city. Hallelujah. Amen. The beginning and the end You know the lion and the lamb The great I am He's got a message for every kind of man And he says if you're thirsty Come to the city Come drink from the water of life You know there is no cost Don't stay lost to Come inherit your eternal life Come and help now Oh, what a beautiful city Oh, what a beautiful city God knows it's a beautiful city Twelve gates to the city Hallelujah, amen Keep shaking it now Well, there were three gates in the east in the north, three gates in the south, three gates in the west, whoa, and that makes twelve gates to the city, a hallelujah, amen, everybody now, oh, what a beautiful city, oh, what a beautiful city, God knows, it's a beautiful city, twelve gates to the city, a hallelujah, amen. You know there were 12 gates to the city, hallelujah, amen. I say there were 12 gates to the city, hallelujah, amen. This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate. If you're wondering what in the world a Hutchmood is, you are not alone. Let me give you the short version. Hutchmood is an annual arts conference hosted by The Rabbit Room in which we gather people together around art, music, story, and faith. 
If you want the long version, check out the website at hutchmoot.com, where all of your questions, or at least some of them, will be answered.